Welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. This podcast is brought to you in association with Game Refinery. Join us as we uncover the latest trends in mobile game design. Hello and welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. This is a podcast all about what makes a great mobile game, what is and isn't working for mobile game designers, and all the latest trends. I'm your host, John Jordan, and uh, we have three guests on the podcast today. So joining us, we have uh, Alti Frumhold, who is a content creator at Game Refinery by Vungle. How's it going, Alti? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you, John? Yes, yes, very good. Erno Kieski, how's it going, Erno? Chief Game Analyst of the US at Game Refinery. It's going great, John. Thank you. And our extra special guest, uh, the one with the expertise, is Nicholas Day, Vice President of creative at Polarium. How's it going, Nicholas? It's going well. Thank you for having me on, on the show. Good. So we're going to do a bit of a, a bit of sort of a kind of meta trends to begin with, and then we're going to be going in really focusing on Polarium, what you guys have been doing. You've got had some very successful games. I'm going to dig into into how you've uh, made those games successful and some of your learnings there. But um, kicking us off, Erno, we're going to talk a bit about uh, meta trends. So um, tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, meta. So first of all, like meta, meta as a subject is super wide and, and we could spend a whole hour talking about it and depending on what angle we want to take and so on. But but if you look at a little bit of a kind of like a just the trends on what we have seen, uh, where the market has been evolving in different genres and so on. So especially if we start, let's say, with mid-core genres. So, uh, well, market, market has been quite stagnant, especially, for example, in terms of RPGs. There hasn't been too many new entries on the market. So and there hasn't been to kind of like a bigger innovations or bigger changes in the in especially in the top on kind of like a what kind of meta layers we have but of course if we have to highlight something from last year i would say cookie run kingdom is the is the one uh, one to highlight the rpg rpg game character collector rpg quite quite uh, kind of like a familiar meta overall but uh, it, what what it brought it, uh, was some fresh air to the to the meta systems that they had did kind of like a more focus on the base building side. So they had the base building meta over there on top of the character collector meta. So in a in a in a sense, a little bit kind of like uh, elements that we have seen on like a city builder strategy games and added that uh, to the uh, to the to the RPG uh, kind of like uh, experience and. Uh, kind of like a funnily uh, enough, if we look at the strategy market on the on like a mid-core side, we have seen for actually a longer period of time that many of these strategy games have been then uh, kind of like uh, putting more emphasis on the actual RPG meta elements and RPG mechanics. So uh, having a much more heavier focus on the character features. So if we look at, let's say, state of survival, uh, very, very heavy focus on the RPG modes and are developing those characters. Or, for example, from last year, a game called Puzzles and Survival, one of the only few kind of like games that were that were able to enter the Top Crossing 200. And that game actually is a like a forex strategy uh, game that is matched with puzzle RPG. So you have your characters you're collecting and you're battle battling with them in the in the puzzle RPG kind of like a format and layer. Uh, so those are, I would say, in the mid-core, the couple, couple kind of like uh, notions that I would, I would like to highlight. Then, 
if we hop on a little bit on the, the other side of the spectrum and look at a little bit on the casual side and what what would be the kind of like a noteworthy things on the meta meta elements uh, the games have brought and so on so i would say one uh, one definitely a trend that is going on and probably is gonna still continue especially now after like the post post uh, idfa era uh, of, of 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 the market so is the naturally the 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 hyper casual games adding meta elements and bringing this term that a lot of people are using the hybrid casual uh, approach to the game so having the hybrid monetization of iaps iaas and but having this kind of like a hyper casual is very appealing highly marketable core gameplay but then the meta elements are there to bring the kind of like a longer term retention and some of those monetization uh, possibilities. So classic examples already years years old are like Archers and Art of Wars and Mr. Out of Fires that uh, utilize the RPG meta, meta side. But if you talk about like the recent trends uh, in that spect- uh, on, or in that market is that Especially in the top, we have seen uh, multiple puzzle games actually that uh, kind of like a fall into this this category. So uh, during the past past year, there have been one of the kind of like a biggest hits I would say from last year is a game called Gen Match, uh, which is a g- game from a company called Good Job Games, which is a game that used to do kind of like a hyper casual games uh, only, but now they brought this uh, game called Gen Match, which is basically a solitaire Mahjong game, so really simple, this kind of like a puzzle uh, core gameplay. And uh, they added a kind of like a really, really light decoration meta, what we have seen on many of the casual games. Uh, but even even, even uh, kind of like, a, I would say, a lighter approach to that. And that kind of like as a retention play and as a progression vector for the game. So you are constantly getting somewhere, getting further and further and so on and so on. And that combination uh, were able to find a massive audience and it's nowadays a top crossing 100 game in the US. And really the same format uh, what, what the uh, game called Match 3D actually used, which is from Lion Studios, which is uh, this kind of like a core gameplay, really familiar to many hyper casual puzzles. So there is basically a big pile of items and you need to find the two similar ones and, and kind of like a combine that and you have a limited time. And then on that game, uh, the meta was actually, or you get kind of like a, argue that is it even a meta but they were li- uh, kind of like heavily uh, relying on the social elements so they had a guild guild system right from the get-go add c- kind of like a robust uh, event rec- like recurring event framework of having competitions and stuff like that and that was the kind of like the uh, the meta uh, meta element of the of the of the game but the actual monetization and everything it's still uh, all about the core and so on and then if we kind of like a <laughs> look at those two games and then look at the, the last year's biggest match three mega hit royal match that is basically a game that combines both of those so it has the kind of like a really really simple renovation progression vector meta that the gen match has and it has the exactly the same kind of like a social uh, uh, social framework and the the like the recurring looping event framework that the match 3d had so basically, uh, and, and, and what, where the Royal Match is nowadays, it's like top two uh, match three at the moment in the US market, for example. Massive, massive growth and so on. So 
big, big, big kind of like a uh, hit on the on the market. Then one last one I, I would like to highlight over here is the collection medals and collection elements on, on many of those games. And this is especially if you're looking at casino market and slots games. During the past year, many, many actually these kind of like uh, older games and especially now like post, um, post IDFA casino games are one of those that are struggling quite a bit because especially in the new games, trying, they are niche games and, and kind of like uh, trying to find those massive uh, kind of like um, uh, casino f uh, fanatic or slots fanatic uh, players can be really difficult for the new games and how you are able to then retain your players in your existing games and many of the top games have during the past year and 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 and, and during the especially during the past two years have been implementing this collection meta system so basically how they work is that you have seasons and then you have a uh, uh, albums you are collecting whatever is it stickers or is it cute pets or whatever and then you're completing these albums uh completing the album albums you get rewards from that it doesn't necessarily impact the gameplay directly but it gives this kind of like a sense of progression from session to session uh and 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 this kind of like a kind of small meta meta element that you are going further and further and you're collecting something com compared to just spending money and just rolling the slots and so on so th those are some some of the kind of like a bigger trends that I would like to highlight. But like I said, we could talk about this for ages. <laughs> you clearly could. I was, I thought, I thought, wasn't sure if you were going to run out of breath there. So I was going to jump in and then you started on another one. <laughs> meta, meta on the meta. Yeah, it's, how, uh, it's always layers of meta, isn't it? It's kind of a, anyway, good. So that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, trend. You can, you can never have too many metas and, and the whole kind of mashing stuff up um, is, is clearly, we're going to have, another year of that um of, of more sort of hybridization and um and finding clever ways of taking interesting features from certain genres and bashing them into other ones that's a good good innovation okay so from from meta we're going to go on to something a bit more um a bit more uh i don't know uh unmeta we're going to going to go on to uh talking a bit about playroom and what you guys are doing there nicholas so for people who don't know we have actually mentioned playroom quite a bit in in, in previous episodes but um for people who haven't heard those can you give us a a in a, in a nutshell version of uh, what is Polarium, what sort of games is it focusing on? Oh, okay, so I can kind of give you the, uh, I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of kind of who we are and where we came from. Um, so Polarium is a subsidiary of Aristocrat, we were acquired a couple of years ago. Um, so we're in the same corporate family as Big Fish Games, um, Product Madness, um, and, uh, and and that's been it's been a lot of fun. That's actually been able to drive a lot of the success in recent years. We got our start in casual games way back in 2009. Um, and the, the, um, probably the, the, the first big games that broke out into the Western market. For, first we did casual games, then we were developing uh, mainly back in the days of social and Facebook games. Remember those? Yeah, some of you kids don't know. So back in the heady days of, uh, of social media games, uh, we, we had uh, some strategy games that were published mo mostly on Russian-speaking networks or, or in former CIS countries. Um, like Odnoklasniki and um, and a bunch of other ones, uh, and then we broke onto Facebook with Total Domination in 2011, and from there we we kind of built um, a, a kind of a kingdom of multiple strategy games in different settings and different genres, subgenres, like Stormfall, Age of War, Soldiers Inc., Total Domination, Sparta, War of Empires. You'll see a recurring theme. Um, 
So uh, th these games did really, really, really well on Facebook. Um, and they not only paid our rent, but they also allowed us to go develop different game genres. Um, so that kind of drove us into mobile. Our first mobile breakthrough hit was Vikings War of Clans. Um, and that came out from, uh, from our Krasadar studio. It was an amazing game. Uh, still performing, still being played. Um, and then from there, uh, we made the, that, that, that kind of like triggered the jump to, to mobile. We went to mobile first. Um, and then uh, we started diversifying back into casual action games, RPG games. We had a bunch of different games to try it on the side. And then the, the, the biggest one that came out as a success after that was Raid Shadow Legends, which you may have heard of somewhere in some advertising. Um, Small game. Um, so so that kind of brings us up to the present day. Uh, we've got Raid Shadow Legends, which has been out for a couple, we're coming up on our third anniversary. Um, we've also just launched Mech Arena, which is a, which is a team mech shooter, 5v5. Um, we launched that this summer. Um, and so those are kind of our two big flagship titles right now. And then we've got a whole bunch of weird stuff in development. We've got more strategy games we're working on, some more casual offerings. Um, I've also forgotten to mention Lost Island. Lost Island was probably our, our, our biggest casual hit. Um, and, uh, and, and a bunch of other projects that we're working on that I can't talk about. So that's, that's where we're at now. Um, and I think, you know, raids kind of the elephant in the room. Um, that, that's, that's the loudest one. So it's a good place to start. It's always interesting that there's sort of trends in development and, and it wasn't that long ago when people were sort of told if you're, if you're good at one sort of genre, then sort of double down and make a something else in a yeah and you and you guys have sort of flitted around for, and, and actually well I mean one one you get tired of it man you know like if if you like if we, you tell us to make one more goddamn strategy game you know like we you know we we we, we loved it but you know you want to you want to stretch your wings and you want to try different things and then we also you know we're 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 a larger company with multiple studios so all the studios can kind of try their hats at different things and also you're not. You know, we, we, we worked with some sister studios, like the studio that I work with the most is, is Kharkiv in, in Ukraine. Um, and that, that we've got about 600 people there. Um, and because we have this expertise kind of distributed throughout the other company, um, we can lean on the other studios. So if we're starting to do a new genre, usually we're not going from scratch. Like we'll go and say, okay, what, you know, what worked for you? What didn't work for you in this project? And we're, we're able to recover a lot of that experience. So Okay, so we're going to focus um, on, on Raid for a bit now. Um... Ati, you're the uh, um, Alti, sorry, you're the you're our sort of expert. You're, you're our external expert, as opposed to as opposed to Nicholas, who's going to be uh, our sort of internal expert, but but may not be entirely honest about everything. No, I'm sure he will be. But uh, but yeah, can you sort of set the scene for people who don't, who don't know about Raid? You know what, what what's that game about, and, and why is it, you know why is it been so successful over three years? Um, you know, constantly growing. What's been going on there? Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. So of course, Raid, uh, in my opinion, is is. Um, a pretty typical turn-based RPG with a really, really nice emphasis on the graphics. That's, for example, the first thing that got me to install the game back in the days. And then funny thing was actually that I've, I've, I've uh, used to play World of Warcraft quite a lot. So uh, <laughs> I kind of got caught the org and, you know, it, it was really familiar. And I, I thought that, hey, you know, I might want to try this game. And it's, uh, let's say it's really easy, easy to get into the game. The first time user experience is, is pretty, pretty fast and you can get, you know, easy access, access uh, to the game and you can understand pretty easily what it's all about. And then, of course, the characters and all that, that's, that's when you get sort of hooked uh, and then... In that sense, I would say it's sort of typical, typical turn-based RPG, but really nice emphasis on the characters, 
which is of course all about the game you know you're getting gadgets and you're upgrading you know your items collecting those characters in order to you know be di different kind of levels and, and all that yeah certainly i mean i had a similar experience i'd gone through a few of those games so i sort of just finished with sort of star wars or at that time was coming out of star wars galaxy of heroes which is kind of one of the first big western um similar games and there was also uh marvel strike force that was going through a bit of a wobble at the time um since since recovered but uh i mean nicholas uh, i don't know how much you can sort of delve into that i mean it was clearly that sort of that sort of genre was a at that point a sort of growing genre yeah i mean like some some people even you know even said like oh it's done to death you know, like Summoners has already been Summoners Wars has already been out for how many years? My God! And then, like you know, Marvel Strike Force is. You're right; they were kind of wobbly at the time, and and, and you know, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and, and and I think it was it was a weird time in the market because you know when we came in, you know, a lot of conventional wisdom is like there's no room for another you know turn-based RPG like this, and yeah, and and I, and I think like you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you're exactly right. Like when we made it, it was sort of you know there were there were a lot of um, you know Asian-style gotcha turn-based collection RPGs. And, you know, we were, we were really doubling down into like, we'll make one for Diablo three fans. Or, you know, if you really like Dragon Age Inquisition and you don't care about cartoon characters, right? Um, so we, 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 you know, that that was kind of what we set out to do. Um, and it was also, it, it's, it's, it's almost a trap too, because like, it's very niche, you know, like it's, it's, it's not a broadly accessible, you know, there's, you know, the, the pretty, pretty adult themes and like grim dark and, and all that and um you know we, we were a little nervous even even we did it um you know we're like oh i hope the audience is there and i hope they like this kind of game so yeah i actually have to say that it's still like it's kind of like well, well like like you said in a way it's kind of niche but it still kind of amazes me that it's still so unique in terms of its themes and and the way the kind of like the fantasy is this talking like a really dark fantasy if you look at the mobile game market there isn't really almost almost any other kind of like a, that type of vibe fantasy games even now nowadays uh, in the market which is which make makes it still to me at least really appealing and unique in that sense yeah and like the people who like it they like it a lot you know and and like you know we and and, and, and like our, our art and design team um you know we we we, we tried other iterations of stuff maybe we go a little bit lighter now we don't like drawing it so um yeah we kind of <laughs> like played to our strengths i think yeah i have to give great credit uh, of course uh, to the art team because uh well we we were now discussed this quite a lot but uh uh, there's been, of course, you know, more and more new characters coming in, and we've always said it with Erna that look at, you know, the the graphics and you know the design is is really really neat for each you know new character that's coming coming out. So our our, our game our game director actually this this was his um, this was his his first you know full game that he had complete ownership of, and he used to be our art director. Um, so that, that was kind of his background. So he was fully coming from like that, almost that graphics first perspective. Um, and that, that's, you know, the, the team that he built, you know, and like the passion behind that, it's just kind of like, that's been a guiding principle all the way through the game. That's, uh, that is Dimitri. I will not. Yeah. You're out there somewhere, Dimitri. The, the, only, the only class I haven't liked is the dwarfs, but that could just be me. I was, I was like, oh, not sure about these dwarfs. I can see what they're trying to do with the dwarfs, but it's not, you know. And then the shadow kin came in. Who? The... It's hard. It's hard to do a different dwarf. I uh, know it is. It is. Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh well, let's we'll just make them all Scottish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess one of the one of the interesting one of the points we're sort of getting on here is, is this: is you have you know this very deep. Um, sort of, uh, sort of, I guess, what are they, kind of factional, faction systems? So I can't remember how many it's shipped with. It's like something like crazy, like 10 or 12. And then over time, these new um, 
sort of char design characters have sort of become available um and and that's obviously a great retention mechanic but but clearly i did wonder at the time it also becomes a bit of a obviously it's a massive issue because the more you make then the harder it is to, to distinguish new ones are harder to do um and, and basically you're kind of stuck to some sort of humanoid they're basically all sort of humanoid even though some are sort of dragons to some degree um and it, it was interesting you launched with so much stuff i mean it was quite overwhelming when you started playing the game it's just like this is this is enormous this game this, you know you haven't just shipped with a little bit of stuff i mean were you a bit nervous that there was so much in there that you had you were sort of creating a bit of a over expectations for what comes next. Well, we, I mean, we didn't. We, we, we honestly weren't sure we had enough, to be honest. Um, you know, because like some of the conventional. I mean, like how many how many uh, heroes and summoners were have, and and like the the the, the content approach. You know, from different gacha games, if you, you know, look at Summoners Wars, they were doing like different coloration schemes so they can, okay, now we've got four times as much content. And even when we set, set out to make it, we're, you know, we're like, okay, well, we, you know, we're not, we don't need, you know, 1200 champions because, you know, we're going to just do so much with the ones that we have. Um, and then we just kind of kept, kept going. So I think now we're pushing, we've got to be pushing 700 by now. But in, in, in some of the examples on the market that we were looking at, we didn't, we didn't think launching with 300 was, that was, 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 was enough. You know, we thought people would burn through it pretty fast. Um, and now we're, you know, it is coming to the that point where, you know, we have to make tough decisions every time that we're adding new, new champions. Like we went through like, like a, like a really intense burp when, you know, like, cause the more you add. Now, you know, the, the response isn't, oh, wow, great, I've got a new champion. It's like, hey, you've just lowered my summoning chances for the one I actually wanted, you know. So finding that balance between making sure that they're still good, that they're still applicable, and that there's enough places for them all to have their unique role to shine in in the game, you know, that's that's kind of like the ongoing challenge. Yeah, and I, I would say one of the interesting things is as well that uh, that Raid has it for certain levels, if you're, you know, really in the end game, uh, you might benefit if you, you know, are so lucky to have couple of the, of the same legendaries as well and you've you know leveled up the, up those uh to the to the peak and that's really interesting aspect aspect uh of, of the game because it helps you a lot and you know if you check out the the top uh, top teams for you know the levels uh you can see almost that the team set is is uh you know constant that there's always like two legendary same legendary champions there and that that's like the best best team for each level for you to you know uh, complete the level in the fastest time and that's also an interesting thing uh in my opinion for the end end uh end game as you know legendaries are always you know hard to get but it, you know getting two <laughs> same legendaries that's even harder uh, harder but that I, I suppose that's a, that's a <laughs> good good thing for the whales for sure you know that there's something for you know to aim, aim for yeah and then you're oh but you're also always trying to shake up that end game too a little bit you know so like that you know in the long term what you've just described is bad Right. So what we're working on in the back, you know, in, in, in you know, behind the scenes is going and saying, OK, what are, where is that next pro progression level going to go? How can we go find more places for variety for them to, to, to split up? Because, like, you know, eventually they will all start pulling up at the top and you have to make a new top, you know. Um, so and, and also th this is one of the things that, you know, we could talk about this like a little bit later, but like the, you know, the like the, the temptation is like, well, OK, now we've got enough content. We've got our core feature set. 
we'll just focus on live ops. We'll just do systems-based content and call it a day. And now we're done. And we don't want to do that because we want to keep, we, 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 like, we feel it's important that we also balance that with new feature development and adding like whole new gameplay modes and, and things to do. So, but that's the, that's like the dark voice of Sauron whispering in our ear, like just do systems-based, just do procedural content generation. Give yourself a break, you know, <laughs> get thee behind me, Satan, you know. <laughs> and, and I guess what, what are the challenges you still have? Because obviously the game, you know, it's been out for a long time, and you know there are, as you say, there are these sort of people who are sort of getting to the state of sort of maxing out and sort of pushing at pushing at the available content, and, and they're sort of exhausting it. But equally, every day you get people downloading it for the first time. So you have this. There's always the interesting thing about sort of you know live games is you have this. I think sometimes one of the biggest sort of stretching points becomes the balance for the end game stuff, which always has to be, you don't want those guys to churn out or those people to churn out, but equally you always want, and you guys have been, we'll talk about advertising later, but you guys have been very good at advertising this game across broad channels. So always bringing in new players and you equally don't want it to be totally like, well, there's 700 characters in this game. You know, I'm never going to collect them, which, you know, is are there ways in which you can try and do that? Or is that, those are just fundamentally sort of different, you know, targets yeah well, i mean i mean not all of them are good you know one you know and, and like not all of them are good in places that people care about you know there's some there's some they, they, you know there's some champions that are good in very specific places and you know you've also got like a lot of lower level ones and and uh, ones that are, are good at different points in the game for what you're trying to do but it is it is a real challenge and i think that that is a, a thing that you know that, that we face as a new player coming in and going oh i'm never going to catch up to those guys right you know um and and making sure that you have satisfying gameplay experiences at multiple stages you know and i think like like you know the, the like the early early game is really satisfying you know, like late game there's tons of stuff to do um if you're a senior player and and you know i think some of the challenges and like our current focus is making sure that we're also taking care of those mid-level players the ones who've just come out of that early stage gameplay they know what they're they know what they're doing and um and, and that they have enough to do and also feel like they're not lost in an ocean of content you know so it's, um, you know, and then we're always updating our onboarding as well, you know, to make sure that, you know, the, 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 the new stuff, all the new stuff that we've added in the past few years, we're actually explaining that to people who come into the game, um, you know, when they come in. Because there are a lot of different sort of modes now, I and mean, I'll probably sort of forget them all, but, you know, there, there, I think basically there were sort of three plus guilds. Oh, guilds weren't even in when it started, were there? So guilds, I mean, traditionally now. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have plans and we launched. Yeah. Guilds is something that sort of comes in later because Guilds is a big feature of itself. But now you have sort of Doom Tower and, and, and various other sort of um, things as well. So at some point, will will the voice of Sauron take over and you just sort of move to Live Ops because the whole thing just becomes just a huge, enormous sort of mess? Well, we you know, we, we can, you know, that was, um, you know, one of the things that we are working on right now is basically, you know, and, and if you're looking at, you know, like what, when did, when does it stop being feature development? When does it start being live ops? You know, and if, and if you, if you're talking about trends that we see in the market right now, if you're looking at a lot of live ops campaigns or even like, like crossover integrations or something like that, it's like a releasing another game within the game. They're huge. Right. And it's, and it's really intimidating what's happening on the market today. Cause you, the, the expectation is not like, well, we've run another calendar event this week. The challenge is uh, that tower. Go for it. You know, it's like, you know, go here's here's your exclusive content that you can only use here, plus your free gift, plus your progression mechanics, plus your storyline and your supporting content. Like the expectation and the bar has been raised really, 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 really heavily. So what we're doing right now is like one of the focuses for development for our game designers in the coming year is um, more tools and automation, not, not to do like procedurally generated content, but to basically build those toolkits so you can make 
deeper, more engaging live optics experiences that have more moving parts that are cooler, that, that, that have more depth and more freedom, but that also don't take a year and a half to make. Right. So, you know, and, and like in the past, you know, it's, you know, one of our game designers goes to the dev team, like, I've got a cool idea. Let's code it from scratch. And we don't want to do that anymore. Right. So, so now it's sort of, you know, like, like, like building that internal toolkit so that we can continue doing this stuff and make it. So if you're the player and you're looking at it, you're like, my God, this must've taken years to make. We're like, no, it didn't. It took three weeks and then a whole bunch of artwork. Um, so that's the dream. <laughs> cool. So a bit more of a specific question now. So the, the game is available on mobile. I guess it's a mobile first game, but also available um, on browser. So is that, is that just historically because that's kind of where you, where you sort of started out? What what advantages does that give you? Well, it's not it's not actually available. It's 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 not available on browser. So so we have we have our own uh, like our PC client, Play and Play, um, which we're actually it's, it's a good time to ask me about that because we're in the midst of doing a rebrand and an expansion for it, um, and uh, you know that platform. You know we 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 did mobile first, um, and then we we released Raid on Play and Play, um, and it's it's really interesting. You see the people who are playing Raid on Play and Play are not the same average bears who are playing on mobile, right? They're like dramatically different, um, which is which is interesting. Um, and, and and like even on our end, like we're we're trying to parse out is that just be, you know how would that how would that have looked if 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 we had it on the PC client first versus mobile? But uh, you know in, in general, like you know, basically those players are like way more engaged. They're playing longer game sessions. Um, they have higher lifetime value. They've got longer lifetime loyalty. Um, and like just on play and play, like that, that's accounting for like 30% of our revenue right now, like the PC, the PC client, which is stunning. Right. Um, and I think with, with raid, it's, you know, the, the, most of the, most of the players who are playing raid on PC are like the serious hardcore raid players, like the guys who are running it in the background for 19 hours a day, who never miss a single event, um, who are super switched on, who have it like with all the graphics maxed out and, yeah, like like we're like we've just launched like some some other third party titles on that. Like we we've got Hustle Castle on it right now, and it'll it'll be interesting as we release more games onto that platform. Like, come ask me, you know, in a year if those if 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 that if that trend still holds true or if it's just a raid phenomenon. But it's uh, yeah, that kind of blew us away after we launched it. We're like, oh my god, we're like way more engaged. So um, let's sort of uh, actually one more question on on at least one more question on 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 raid. So if even if people haven't played the game. They may have come across. You've been quite active over the last kind of couple of years in in various forms of advertising. Some of it's just like sort of standard um, kind of UA. Some of it's more sort of uh, I guess kind of branding, branded advertising, I suppose, so to speak. But also you've done the the influencer stuff as well. So can you talk a little bit about you know how how that sort of has progressed and is it sort of one of the cases that sort of you sort of you do you do a certain sort of channel of advertising and you sort of get the best benefits of that and then it sort of starts to tail off and then you look for something else and then you're sort of working your way down a i don't know waterfall of sort of availability um it's a good question let me let me let me parse that out well let me, let me take a step back and i'll kind of tell you like how we how we started with the game right so you know when we when we launched influencer marketing was was basically like the third leg of kind of like a three-leg system so you know we had like all, all of our traditional google and facebook advertising um, you know, platforms, affiliates, and then with the, you know, with the influ influencer marketing, which we hit, you know, we, we, you know, we, we scaled up pretty quickly, like when we went out the gate and that, that rapidly became like a very major part of it. And I think like, you know, the, 
if you look at the success or the fame or, or the notoriety, if you will, or infamy of raid, you know, I think like we, we, you know, we, we did a test last year and it was like 50% of the U S population has brand recognition of raid shadow legends. We're like, no way. Now, like where they heard that from, some of them saw it from the meme, right. You know, and some of it saw it from, you know, their friend, you know, talking about the ads and, and a lot of people who are aware of the, of the brand aren't, aren't aware that it's a game or what the game is about. Right. But we would never have actually, we would never have gotten that kind of recognition if we hadn't gone, gone that direction with the influencer marketing. And I think like, you know, what you do see like over time um, with influencer marketing is like, you know, you can't exhaust certain channels, like, like, like you don't see the same performance over time and then you, you can't do the same thing. So as long as there's like enough new stuff happening in the game or enough co new content or like there's enough new kind of angles to cover from it, you can, you can get a lot of life out of those channels. But after a certain point in time, like, you know, it's the same with, with performance marketing. I think now at this stage in its life cycle, you know, like, like this is why we're, we're starting to branch out and explore like other methods of advertising and more brand-based stuff, you know, because they've already heard about it, you know, like, especially on specific channels. And I guess you wasn't just doing influencers kind of advertising. Also, I guess most famously you had, you had Ninja as a sort of a character in, in the game. So that's obviously, that's obviously, you know, a fair amount of work integration wise. Obviously, you can't do that more than really once, can you? Sure, we can. Yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it is, it's, it's not like like the ninja integration was kind of an evolution, I think, from from a lot of the influencer activities that that, that had gone before, and it was sort of a no brainer partnering with him and with his audience. Like it, the, the campaign worked really well for us, um, and you know, players, you know, people who were playing the game were like, "Oh, cool! Oh, sweet! I got a really strong champion for free! Awesome! Yeah, job done! Nice." Um, and it also brought like, like, uh, like that, that partnership with Ninja was phenomenal. Like he was, he was great to work with. And also his fan base was really committed. You know, when they came into the game, they played to get his, ch his, his champion and then they kept playing cause they liked the game. Um, and that was, that was a, that was a great matchup. Um, would we keep doing it that way forever? Probably not. Like, will you see more familiar faces in raid going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they'll all be influencers or that same kind of personality, but even, even when we were doing like, you know, when, when our, when our game director had like the original pitch for the game, you know, I was like, you know, looking at the factions, I'm like, what's this big empty spot over here? He's like, that's where we put stuff from outside in the world. So it was designed to kind of accommodate that from the very beginning. And that could be anything. I mean, you, you could be seeing, you know, other IP cough, cough, of, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, possibly can't, can't say one way or the other. Um, but you know, other personalities, basically whoever, whoever we think is both going to resonate with the existing player base that we have and also attract new audiences we're we're down to explore. And I, I think like simple is, is, I guess the latest and uh, for me as well, really interesting, like CSGO player, uh, like that's really interesting as well for, for me personally, plus a new, you know, a free character as well. <laughs> Yeah, and also, and, and and also, like again, you know, the the you know, we're an international company, but the the game, like Braid, is developed in Ukraine, and he's a hometown boy, you know. And that that was like another aspect of it, you know, when we were looking at it, is you know, when we were working with him, he was in he was in Kiev, and we were in Kharkiv, you know, and that that was that was a really cool thing to have, like local boy makes good, you know. I think that that kind of spoke to us on the team um, when when we were doing it because you know it was like, oh, he's the greatest, you know gamer in the world and he's right around the corner um and he's on our home team so that was that was really cool for like a bunch of a bunch of reasons what is actually really interesting to me if we look at look at the market that most of these like uh 
collaboration place or like different collaborations that uh, different games do with whether it's celebrities or other IPs and so on is that often often they naturally they have their events and then they might monetize something but what you guys did is that you went basically full on with an engagement or like retention play with the kind of like a daily logging and you get a free character so was it just the kind of like a, the idea was that okay we have this the massive massive um, uh, influencer like ninja and then we get the audience and we get it kind of like a as in like an engagement play uh, more than than absolutely like more more of an engagement play more of a reactivation play um and and, and user acquisition you know like like the the, the 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 game does just fine you know like if people go and enjoy it you know we don't really you know we're, we're not having a a lack of things to go spend money on in the game that i can tell <laughs> yeah i mean we yeah we've got we've got tons of content you know we don't we don't feel like the the, the need to go and, and make more to monetize so it's it's more about making sure everybody has a good time and and has a reason to go check it out cool um so we're sort of coming to the end but um can we talk a bit about mecha arena as well which is the sort of more recent game and one that you've personally been working on so so i guess the first thing is um you know Broadly in the same kind of mid-core uh, kind of arena, but it's a kind of a real-time five by five, if if I'm correct. Is there is there anything obvious from Raid that has sort of fed into this, or is this a bit more is its own sort of thing? Um, I think I think I think probably you know some of some of the like the boring stuff in the back end that you don't really see or notice as a player that much. More like you know maybe maybe like the offer segmentation and like you know the way that we present packages and some of some of that like under the hood kind of you know, oh, okay, like, you know, this is how we do our rotation for special offers in the store, right? But nothing super exciting in terms of gameplay. Um, I think I think also just the the artwork and, the, and like the graphic e- expertise, like um, the, the fidelity of the graphics is not as high as Raid because it's not supposed to be. Like we designed it to, to, to work on more games. But if you start looking around the details and the character art, you're like, ah, some of these were once Raid guys, I can tell, you know, so... So like, you know, there, there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, that, that, that's kind of like one of the, one of the strengths of the studio. And I think when you start seeing like our marketing campaign ramp up and you start seeing the commercials, you'd be like, oh yeah, definitely the team that does great commercial. Okay. Awesome. Great. You know, so, so, but in terms of the actual gameplay itself, no, like the two teams that have been working in parallel for like, you know, Mechrine has been in development for years and years and years, you know, like, like, you know, side by side with trade. Was this sort of thing where you were looking at the market and saying, this is sort of the game people want now, or as you say, this is something that's been developed for a while, and it was just that people wanted to make this game at the studio, and the and people said, "Yep, go ahead. This is going to be a good game." Sort of thing. How's the balance? The balance off. I think it makes it both. You know, like um, we, you know, we started working on the concept for Mechrine almost almost five years ago, four years ago, right? So if if you looked out in that space, you had um, you know, war gaming with like you know, World of Tanks, Blitz, and um, World of Warships. You had uh, Robot Wars. You know, so there there. There were a lot of those games out there, but a lot of them were very, very, very geared towards that, um, you know, me, 40-year-old dudes, you know, um, and that, you know, kind of very hard. We're like, hey, do you remember playing Mech Warrior when you were a kid? Hell yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, Battletech, you know, you know, um, you know, and, and but but not also, you know, but. but but then, you know, we, you know, we were playing a lot of Overwatch as well. And then we were looking at Rocket League and, you know, and just seeing splitting that difference to make something more accessible that kind of everybody from all, all age groups can kind of get into and really stress more of like the competitive kind of sports side aspects, you know, like less death, murder, you know, explosions and more and more fun and competition and team play. Um, and that's kind of where that came from. And it came to, you know, like, like, like it, when it really started coming together like a year ago, 
like, ah, yeah, no, that, that looks like the concept documentation. That's exactly what we wanted. So it's a, it's a concept that was, came up five years ago and it only started coming together a year ago. That's, that sounds like quite a process. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think, I think again, again, like we were, we were jumping, you know, this is a completely new type of, you know, like when, when we, when we set out and we said, Hey, we're going to make a, a, a real time action game that has to be stable on servers and devices all around the world. Like this was completely new like never touch anything like this. So like, like a lot of that time was figuring out how to do the server architecture, um, like all, all the basic like underlying tech and stuff. And also just finding the fun and the balance of the game gameplay, figuring out how to do all the, the modeling so we can test all the different levels and balance them and stuff like that. So kind of some slack, man. It was, it was a brand new, <laughs> brand new genre for us. So. And it's really fun. Uh, oh, no. how, how do you see this fitting into sort, sort of trends? Um, yeah, well, definitely. Uh, well, shooters are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I would say if something like I wouldn't go and compete in, let's say, Battle Royale genre or like realistic uh, military shooter or something like that, like you're <laughs> fighting against Tencent and, and Activisions with Call of Duty and so on. So, so good luck over there. So I would say if somewhere, uh, I would say that is definitely a market that's Sure, there are games like like uh, mentioned. The War Robots is probably the closest competitor than the war gaming game uh, games and so on. But I would say that's that's something that there's more room than than let's say those those kind of like a third person uh, uh, like uh, or like first person shooters that we see in the very top uh, at, the, at the at the market at the moment. So yeah, definitely I I see potential there. And 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 like uh, Nicholas said. Uh, that's also what actually appealed to me when I tried it because I played War Robots for a while, uh, and and the kind of like a big problem for me was exactly the kind of like the maybe a bit too hardcore approach that I it it's not a quite a game for me. But when I tried actually make our arena, it's exactly that. So it's a bit more easily approachable, bit more kind of like a bit more up my alley let's say uh in 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 the sense of the game is and I'm, I'm really i'm really happy to hear you like and, and i think that that was one of the other thing was like let, let's make the game session shorter let's make it faster let's make like less time going around and trying to like find you know because i remember when i was a kid and i played mech, mech warrior like one of my favorite parts was like i'm gonna go walk around for 20 minutes to find somebody to shoot that does not work very well on mobile you know so so like when this one it's just sort of like you jump in and you know, I'm blowing th blowing things up in like you know a minute or you know 30 seconds or less, and and that was that was one of the core pillars of the experience. So, and we're working on other stuff too. You know, like so so we're 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 not done. You know, throwing ourselves at new genres with varying levels of success. You know, and I think that's one of the nice things about you know having having you know like like we we still have these legacy we still have legacy games from 10 years ago that are still active and they're still being played, and it's and it's great because that also just gives us the freedom to play you know, with, with, uh, with, you know, with trying out some of these new projects. Um, so thank you, Total Nomination. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good. So on that note, I think, I think we will, uh, we will leave it there. We covered a lot of stuff in there. Um, thank you very much, Nicholas, for your enthusiasm and, uh, for talking us through some of that stuff. That uh, was really, really good, uh, to, uh, to know. Hey, thank you. And of course, Erno and, uh, Alti, thanks for your expertise as well. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for uh, watching and uh, and and well, everyone's listening. Some people are listening and watching, uh, depending on how you're how you're viewing us. Um, any feedback uh, is always gratefully received. Uh, of course, subscribe through your channels of choice. Uh, every month or so, we are talking to the people who are building out the mobile game industry. There's uh, still the, you know, the biggest games um, sector as it is, and still growing incredibly quickly. Um, and still these these uh, innovative products coming out. So keep it here to find out what's going on. But thanks for watching and listening and see you again next time. <laughs>